Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. The Arabella Advisors Managed Network of Liberal Dark Money Groups that includes the New Venture Fund, 1630 Fund, Hopewell Fund, <coughs> Windward Fund, and North Fund continues to attract attention. Not all of it is good. The District of Columbia Attorney General subpoenaed information from Arabella Advisors concerning the electoral activities of Arabella managed nonprofits, and it was alleged that the father of disgraced cryptocurrency trader and Democratic political donor Sam Bankman Freed sat on an advisory board at Arabella by the lawyers for the remains of the bankrupt FTX exchange that Bankman Freed ran. It was also reported that a project of the Arabella managed Hopewell Fund called the Heat Initiative is pushing Apple to scan every photograph on every iPhone. Joining me to discuss these latest Arabella-related developments are my colleagues Parker Thayer and Sarah Lee. Uh, hello to both of you and welcome back. Thank you. Hey, Mike. So uh, let's start with the DCAG subpoenas. Parker, what's going on? Yeah, so a lot of this is centered around uh, some reporting that came out a few months ago um, related to a, a project called Secure Democracy that uh, Arabella Advisors was operating. This is a 501c4, otherwise known as a dark money organization, um, that was ostensibly uh, center right, uh, at least to the public. Now, what came out uh, in uh, you know lawsuits and leaked documents related to the Arabella network is that this C4 was being controlled by employees of the Voting Rights Lab, which is another fiscally sponsored project, uh, I believe, of the New Venture Fund, uh, at, uh, which is, of course, an Arabella Advisors-controlled entity. Uh, C3 is controlling the activities of C4s, particularly as they relate to electoral activities, is not a good thing. Um, and when this reporting came out, lots of experts were very concerned that Arabella was trampling all over the distinction between C3 and C4 and potentially breaking the laws and all sorts let's, of let's, let's, let's dive into that just a little bit for, for our listeners who sure. might, might not it, it be familiar. Sure, it can be a bit much to digest. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Can I say something? Go ahead. Can you just explain how Arabella, who they are and how it works? Because what if you read these Politico, that Politico piece that we're talking about that initially reported these subpoenas... They, they describe Arabella as being like the Coke network. Yeah. So can you explain that? Because people are going to read that and go, oh, well, they're both doing it. So well, explain I, Arabella. I mean, first off, I got to say Arabella is way bigger than the Coke network. For those of you who might not be familiar, I'm sure many of our longtime listeners are familiar. Um, but for those who, who new, new listeners who might not be aware, Arabella advises a for-profit consulting firm uh, that ostensibly runs just the HR and the payroll activities for a group of nonprofits, including the Hopewell Fund, the New Venture Fund, the 1630 Fund, and the North Fund, um, and also the Windward Fund. I almost forgot one. Um, what these nonprofits do is virtually exclusively uh, left-wing political activism, uh, and they operate these things called uh, fiscally sponsored projects, which are uh, nonprofits that exist pretty much only on paper. They have a website, but they're not actually a real independent tax-exempt organization. They operate under a fiscal umbrella. Uh, now, Arabella does not only do the HR and the accounting, as we know from leaked documents and lawsuits related to the Arabella Advisors Network. Um, and between the nonprofits they control, they raised over a billion dollars over the last uh, 2020 and 2021. Uh, these nonprofits raised a billion dollars or more each year. Uh, so it's one of the largest political money operations possibly in the world, definitely in the United States. And so now about those numbers and letters, the 
the this is all IRS rules regarding what tax exempt corporate tax exempt entities are allowed to do what when it comes to political political advocacy. Mm-hmm. So five one c threes they're not allowed to support any candidate or groups of candidates. Uh, they're not allowed to try and affect the results of elections, and they're supposed to be very uh, nonpartisan. They're not supposed to take partisan sides uh, in these operations, and they're definitely not supposed to. Well, they can engage in lobbying. But there are very strict rules on what lobbying they can actually engage in. And when, and when we say and when we say nonpartisan, we mean electorally. You can be ideological. Yeah. You can advocate yeah. a point of view. Oh, yeah, you can you can have opinions. Five one c threes are allowed to have political opinions. They're just not allowed to try and uh, make those impact elections and electoral results. Five one c fours have a lot more leeway on these type of things. They're allowed to engage in anonymous political speech. They're allowed to donate to tax and et cetera, and they engage in much more lobbying. Um, so when you cross the lines between these, what Arabella does is kind of act as a go-between between 501c3s and 501c4s that are linked in this example, the 1630 Fund or Secure Democracy uh, or the North Fund, and something like New, New Venture Fund and their fiscally sponsored project, the Voting Rights Lab. So can you tell me then, like, I, I'm saying, <laughs> Mike, we can hear your chainsaw now. um can you tell me then my so i should explain mike uh our host has a guy working in the out out of doors i I am at the capital research center offices in washington dc and a couple months ago one of our neighbors uh had a tree fall in their in their uh in the front of their front of their property uh and the uh the men have come to remove the tree today. <laughs> Thankfully, the, so, sheriff, the offices were spared. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Parker, explain to me then, as if I don't know anything about it. And I'll admit, keeping up with it is hard because it's they're, they're into so much, right? Oh, yeah. But explain to me, uh, when you talk about um, Arabella and sort of how much money they've raised, they do it more than the right, for example, mm-hmm. Um and that they are almost exclusively engaged in sort of political, political activism kind of work, right? Yeah. Um, explain to me how that looks at a sort of granular level. Like, how might a an average person deal with experience, some- Arabella? Yes. Yeah, so- Thank you. Are, if you are a uh, you know a person who goes online a lot, you watch a lot of cable TV, maybe you're. You get emails, you read emails that you get, uh, you're on, you know, political email lists. Odds are you have interacted with Arabella. You might not have known it, though. Well, and, uh, and also, if you're in a if you're in a swing state, you might be getting uh, television <laughs> adverts from their, state, from their with them a lot C4s. more than some of our neighbors in uh, in Idaho, for example. Um, what they what these fiscally sponsored projects will do is they'll come into town or you're most likely they'll come into your state uh, and they will appear to all of the world to be a grassroots activist group. They'll have a website, they'll have flashy ads, they'll have great graphic design teams. Um, some, in fact, they have such great graphic design teams, you can kind of recognize an Arabella style between these groups. And these, uh, you know, they'll, they'll send you ads, they'll send you emails, they might even stage protests at your, uh, you know, outside of your legislators' offices. Um, but when you actually scratch the surface of these groups, uh, they, they don't exist on paper. What It'll usually say at the bottom of their website, we are a project of the New Venture Fund, or we're a project of the Hopewell Fund. And what you find out about the Hopewell Fund and the New Venture Fund when you look into it is that they're paying millions of dollars in consulting fees every single year to Arabella Advisors, which controls a, one of the largest political networks ever. So you might be 
when you see them, they, they do not look like when you see Arabella activities, they look normal. They look like, you know, well-intentioned campaigns um, that are just led by sincere grassroots activists. It's actually controlled by a billion dollar operation from DC. That's how people experience Arabella. <laughs> so what are these subpoenas about then? Sorry to jump uh, in front of you there, Mike. Yeah, the, what... the subpoenas are uh, investigating whether there was, you know, violations of IRS law, whether people at Arabella advisors are using the nonprofits to enrich themselves um, and related to that secure democracy story I mentioned earlier, where they may have crossed uh, C3 and C4 lines as the lawsuit against them alleges they did. So um, that's oh, just one thing going on at Arabella. We have a couple others to get to now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll move on to Sarah now. What is the uh, what is this heat initiative, and how is it related to the Arabella Network? So this is just an example, I think, of how prolific they are in sort of the things that they're engaged and involved in. Right. So this is a this is a almost a one eighty from what we've just been talking about. Um, this has to do with. Uh, child uh, pornography online, the sharing of images of, you know, child, ch uh, child sexual abuse. Um, so what the HEAT initiative is, is it is a project of the Hopewell Fund, which is one of these four nonprofits under the Arabella umbrella, as we call it, um, which is odd because the HEAT initiative is dedicated solely to this issue of protecting children, child advocacy, Right. Um, and I'll tell you what they're asking Apple to do in just a second. But that's kind of odd at the outset, because yeah. as we just mentioned, Hopewell Fund is related to Arabella, and these groups are almost exclusively involved in political activity, right? An odd fight for a political group to take up, I would think. That's well, right. That's know, a good, that was the first thing that occurred to me. I don't know if it's, necessar it's necessarily that odd. I mean, everybody wants the government to crack down on <laughs> on this sort of thing. <laughs> But but from a political, from a nonprofit perspective, yes. But from a, an openly political nonprofit network, I think it is odd. Definitely. So I, I definitely think it is. So that kind of struck me initially. But what they're asking, um, and I just want to say off the top, of course, to, to Mike's point, everybody thinks child pornography. I mean, if you're a normal person under the normal bell curve, you think that the sharing of these images is criminal and these people should be, uh, you know, gotten and put away, right? So they're using this, uh, my cynical side says, oh my gosh, are they using this uh, issue of child pornography to ask Apple, which is what they're doing, to scan people's private images on their phones, not just once it's uploaded to the, to the Apple like iCloud. They're talking about looking at people's private stuff on their phones, in their hands, to see if there's evidence of these kinds of images. And encryption, um, encryption uh, experts, people that are in favor of uh, the right to privacy and things like that, or absolutists in that regard, uh, think that this is a extraordinarily slippery slope. And I myself... Um, can see that, especially since it's coming out of the Hopewell Fund, where I think that's where the political side of this makes makes me nervous, um, that it's a Trojan horse toward regulation. And it reminds me a lot, and this is my final thought on it, it reminds me a lot of what they did to Zuckerberg, where they had Zuckerberg, they hauled him in front of Congress. The left, I think it was Klobuchar, was one of the most vociferous in saying, you're a monopoly, you're doing these terrible things. 
And then the next year or so, we've got Zuckerberg giving $400 million to a political nonprofit that played an outsized, yeah. outsized role in the election. So this is a freaky thing. And the fact that it's attached to this very, um, this very politically aligned uh, nonprofit under Arabella it makes me skeptical that they're actually I mean, that's, doing I mean, what that's they sort of the doing. curse of any defense of procedural rights. Like if you defend free speech, you're going to be defending a lot of people who say very nasty things. If you're defending the right to be secure in your person against government search and seizure, you're going to be defending a lot of criminals. You know, so if, if you were, I mean, again, I don't know that we have any hard evidence that there's any of this sort of... Um, uh, second order, you know, that they're trying, you know, what, you know, uh, camel's nose under the tent to get into Apple's back end to do other kinds of surveillance. But, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're worried about that, it, it isn't unreasonable to, you know, tell them to go get a warrant. <laughs> yeah. And this is just, uh, I mean, mostly, I think this is an extremely useful story to understand how Arabella uh, and, and, broader, you know, more broadly speaking, the, the left's political money operations operate is they love to take good causes, uh, pour a lot of money into them, uh, you know, have wonderful sunshine and rainbows names and headlines for everything. And then when you look beneath it, it's kind of concerning. Uh, you know, I, like, like Sarah said, everyone wants to stop child porn. Do you want the government, uh, getting involved in the end-to-end encryption of your iMessages? I, I have another I have another another point. You know, do we know what else Arabella groups are doing in the tech space? Like is Well yeah, I for for example, they're they're getting <laughs> super involved in the fight to control the future of AI right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm myself I'm kind of an AI optimist. I think, you know, if we can avoid government control over these things, uh, the government tends to mess things up. So if we can avoid control over this, it'd be a great thing. Arabella does not really think the same thing. They have an organization called the Algorithmic Justice League, like the uh, the DC Comics franchise. Uh, it does sound like a movie. Way. I know it, so- it sounds like a great name, doesn't it's, it? If but it, but it's but it, but it's DC, there. so that means that it wouldn't be any good, would it? Ah, <laughs> good joke. Oh, a Marvel thing. <laughs> All right, um, but what this 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 now you've got me thinking of DC Comics. What the Algorithmic Justice League uh, is up to um, is kind of interesting. They are trying to, they're, they're fighting against uh, what they say is facial recognition technology and surveillance technology in particular, um, but they're also starting to get involved with AI. Uh, and they, they basically want to eliminate these tools from use by uh, the police, uh, law enforcement, etc. Well, that seems uh, like the opposite of what the HEAT initiative is trying to do. <laughs> They play both sides, don't they? And typically, when people are playing both sides of an issue, they're really not interested in solutions, and they're more interested in control. I mean, now the tech industry has essentially reached the place that Standard Oil reached back in the day. In my opinion, Standard Oil was providing a valuable service to the entire United States and providing cheap oil that was powering homes. The tech industry is also doing a lot of you know really interesting things. Uh, AI has a lot of really good potential, but now people have realized the ring of power is there. Everyone wants to control it. Um, and Arabella, being one of the best political operations in the country, is certainly um, involved in that fight heavily. Yeah. So, um, so there, and you know, I want to get back to the to the. If Mike doesn't mind, I want to get back to the DC subpoena story because sure. 
one of the things that was hilarious when this story came out, um, and I think talking about Leonard Leo and his role in helping get the Supreme Court justices there to um, sort of uh, have their hearings, their confirmation hearings and things, that's well known. Um, and he does run, and this came out in the Politico piece, he does run an organization that's much smaller. Yeah. But uh, that, that should, is... Yeah, we, we should we should stipulate uh, for people who might not be familiar with the situation. Uh, the DCAG has also opened a similar investigation against a conservative group of nonprofits that operates very similarly, though, at a much smaller scale. Explicit, explicitly, modeled, more, explicitly modeled on Arabella. Yeah. Leo is yeah, Leo right. after Arabella. And people were rightly critical of the DCAG when he opened an investigation into this group, um, into the conservative equivalent of Arabella. Um, although I, equivalency is not really there because Arabella is much, much larger. Uh, and I would say, as many lawsuits have now documented, um, much more questionable and much more partisan uh, and, and much more fast and loose with the law. Right. And what was interesting to me about the Politico piece, and you guys know I'm a, I'm a media nerd. Uh, if you read it, like, first of all, we were laughing when it first came through and we were reading it. They changed the headline. They changed it from something yeah. that we, kind of focused we, on Arabella to, oh, Leonard so people, Leo's group is not going to comply with this investigation. Yeah, just so people know, can, do we have those headlines? Um, what, what uh, yes, those? I actually pulled them up. So right, I can't remember... Well, the I actually don't have the first one pulled up. Oh, that's um, right, because it's been scrubbed now. It's been scrubbed. <laughs> but the second one was Leonard Leo says he will not cooperate with D.C. Attorney General tax probe. The, ah. he, the subhead is a liberal group targeted by a similar tax probe said it would comply. I believe the first, <laughs> yes, believe the first headline was something like, Arabella Advisors is being investigated by the DCAG. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was that direct. It's interesting. that What, what an odd change. Uh huh. And then if you look at the Politico piece, and I just, you know, I have, I'm on a little bit, bit of a vendetta against the media because of how they've been operating for a long time now, um, and their sort of biases. When you look at this Politico piece, it's it's absolutely hilarious the way that they describe well, Leonard Leo's group versus the Arabella group. Like for example, exactly. it says it's parenthetical you know, uh, Leo, d different. Right. Listen, but listen to this. I got to tell you guys this because it's so funny. So Leo is considered the architect of the ultra-conservative Supreme Court who recently received a $1.6 billion contribution, believed to be the biggest political donation in U.S. history is, from a far-right so billionaire. I have to jump in here, Okay. Just, All right. Wait, wait, wait. You get the idea there, right? Yeah, but yeah, listen yeah. to but, how they describe Arabella. And the next paragraph is Arabella, which says on its website that it focuses on philanthropy and impact investing, acts as a vendor not, to nonprofit groups. They... <laughs> You're hmm. quoting their website? Yes. And they say they are a vendor to nonprofit groups that goes to supply human resource. Also, I, I question, the, I question <laughs> the factual accuracy of the whatever billion to yeah. Leo's groups being the largest because yeah, it's not accurate. it isn't, didn't, uh, you know, George Soros just under Patagonia. Oh, oh, the Patagonia, the uh, Patagonia guy. There's also yeah. like, didn't George Soros basically divest something like two thirds of his net worth into his foundation or something a couple years ago? Yeah. Well, so what they're arguing is that uh, this is the largest. Leonard Leo received a very uh, his organizations received a very large uh, contribution we, we, to five hundred one c We we on, on the podcast on the podcast we discussed it was from a gentleman by the name of Barry Side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barry Side. Uh, and what Politico is saying and. Numerous media outlets have repeated this factual inaccuracy that that's the largest political 
contribution of all time. Now, Politico says believed here, uh, but we all know what they really mean. Um, so I just wanted to point that out and go ahead. Go ahead, Parker. Because months later, or not even months later, I think like a couple of weeks later, the founder of Patagonia donated his entire company to a uh, climate change oriented 501c4, much bigger than the contribution that Le- uh, Leonard Leo's organization received. So that's a factual inaccuracy, factual inaccuracy right off the bat. Um, but the framing of the, or- the article is obviously ridiculous as well. Hilarious. And how are people supposed to... Uh, How are they supposed to assess these things accurately when they're getting everything framed in that way, right? Like this is a very um, long form, longer form piece that is extremely informative. It's just angled a certain way. And I know that that's kind of how, what we have to live with now, but I do feel compelled to point it out every time it happens. It's always been that way. I mean, Accuracy in Media, the first big conservative media watchdog organization was founded in 1969. You know, Mm -hmm. the, you know, Media Research Center has been around since I want to say the mid eighties. Like the, you know, this, it's kind of always been this way. Conservatives have always kind of noticed, but it seems like the noticing is more like, like, now you can just notice, like you just read, you, you know, that many people are saying, many people are saying that many people are saying there might be bias, especially when you look at this. I mean, Arabella advice, like, we, like we've kind of outlined pretty thoroughly now, is the one of the largest political operations in history. Um, and the extent of Politico's investigation into what Arabella does and who they are and what they might be up to was we looked at their website, and according to their website, it says. They're into philanthropy and providing human resources. I know. Um, So, Parker, then let me ask you this. You just did this big report for us on, you know, the Everybody Votes campaign. How Arabella's attached to that, too, right? Yeah. I mean, Arabella Advisors, you know, if if you can think of it and the left does it, Arabella funds it. Um, One of the things that I, I outlined is that they're giving millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, to, uh, you know, nonpartisan supposedly voter registration groups that we were able to concretely connect to members of the Clinton campaign, uh, foreign billionaires, partisan actors, uh, and, you know, people like uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's mom who runs a pack. Well, and then there was also something about Sam Bankman-Fried's dad that came out recently, that he's also... that's another thing. The lawsuit by FTX attempting to recover funds that were pilfered from FTX customers, allegedly pilfered from uh, FTX customers... An indictment uh, is not a conviction, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so forth, yes. Um, the lawsuit alleges, per- perhaps erroneously, uh, according to Arabella, it is erroneous because um, they did respond to the allegation. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the facts remain to be seen. Um, what they allege is that Sam Bankman-Fried's dad was in charge of Sam Bankman-Fried's uh, philanthropic empire. And that he sat on the, and they are very explicit about this. They say he sat on an advisory board at Arabella Advisors, which is, of course, a for-profit company that controls the nonprofit to which Sam Bankman-Fried was donating generously. Um, he actually donated $8 million to the new venture fund. Um, I think they alleged that it was for an initiative to fight hunger. Um, usually the Arabella definition of fighting hunger means advancing democratic politicians so that they might one day pass laws that somehow fight hunger, but ultimately don't fight hunger and exacerbate the problem. Well, that's <laughs> a lot of qualifiers. Yeah. Ultimately, maybe someday might. It sounds like Sir Humphrey Appleby from Yes, Prime Minister. In the fullness of time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Love it, um, love it. Yeah, so, you know, if Sam Bankman-Fried's dad was in any way involved with Arabella Advisors, that is concerning. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried has a a lot of allegations against him, and his parents are deeply involved in this, as uh, several articles have now said they enabled him. They are uh, getting large payments there they have houses in their name yeah there 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 have been a number of allegations made none none formally by the government but by many of the in the civil litigation that has gone around this the bankruptcy litigation yeah. they they have been uh, now of course arabella has promised uh like to reference what the the quote that uh, watson just gave in the fullness of time they will return the funds um to ftx wasn't that? Didn't they say they were they were only going to be like attached to Arabella for like a year? <laughs> well, that's didn't they say that too? That's another thing that goes out. Uh, that's uh, you know related to these uh, the investigation by the DCAG offices. Uh, New venture fund and the uh, funds like it uh, were initially received tax exempt status uh, by telling the IRS, promising them in fact uh, that. Arabella's connection to them would only last for a little bit. It was a temporary arrangement. They would not uh, be controlled by them for a long period of time. And that was 15 it's years ago. Over a decade. <laughs> it's now been over a decade. Um, well, still, in the fullness of time, I'm sure the that they will. Time, the funds will be returned and Arabella will be excised from the operations of the new venture fund and et cetera. Uh, well, so how do we think that they subpoena? Yeah. How are these subpoenas going? Like, well, how's this going to play out? Do you think? Uh, I mean, the DCAG is not exactly the most honest person in the world. He's, you know, responsible, I would say, for a large part of the uh, criminal activity that has been uh, spreading throughout DC. Um, so there's a distinct possibility these subpoenaed documents are just being subpoenaed for the appearance of even-handedness as he goes after um, Leonard Leo's uh, operation. Um I mean, it, de- it depends. Yeah, page of these documents. Only, only time will tell. It depends on ultimately what the what the motivation is. I mean, if if there's, yeah. if it's we'll if, never see a page of the if it's uh, if it's all again just for the appearance of even handedness, yeah, we'll never see a page of it. But if there's, you know, I mean, there have been some concerning things raised, oh, yeah. some concerning allegations raised in the lawsuits that. You know, even a Democrat who might be interested in, and the, obviously the DCAG is a Democratic partisan official, yeah. uh, you know, might say, this is not okay. And, you know, yeah. we might... They're, it's, they're... it's certainly possible. Um, but this is this kind of goes back to the one of the biggest gripes I have with the, the left's coverage of money in politics is that uh, the left is only, that you know, uh, so this is a fact that the New York Times acknowledges that the left uses far more dark money than the right does. Um and has many more billionaire sponsors. The idea is that eventually uh, they'll be able to unilaterally dis, uh, unilaterally disarm um, once the right has stopped using dark money. It, it's just it's a silly notion, um, as proved by you know Arabella's conduct. They are they're not going to return the funds from FTX. Most likely, they're never going to disband their connection from Arabella Advisors. They're not going to stop doing this. Um, because it's, it's power, you know. This is not about making people's lives better. This is about obtaining power. Yeah, as long as, as, yeah, long I, as the I, government I, is as powerful as it is, people are going to want to control it. Uh, Sarah, yeah. do you have any final comment? And then... 
I do. I sort of wonder, you know, we haven't talked about this, but we, I think we have on a previous podcast that the Ways and Means Committee is actually looking at ways to try to reform the nonprofit sector. Largely um, because of Arabella Advisors. Right. Um, and so I wonder if, um, if that's going to play out, if that's going to have an effect on this. I mean, what we're looking at is a machine, right? Yeah. A political machine. I think we, I, we had a, an excellent series of articles on CRC's website recently that compared uh, to Tammany Hall 2.0. What do you think, Mike? Do you oh. think that, that any reform can tackle it? I mean, there would have to, again, the issue with getting anything through the federal legislature is you need cross-party support. Now, we've seen when some of these abuses, I mean, we mentioned in passing Zuckerbucks earlier, like some state legislatures have taken bipartisan action to restrict yeah. future private funding of elections. So, you know, if something comes out that is enough of a concern that uh, people can yeah. lay aside their immediate partisan interests and actually, you know, move in a move in a direction. There might be some might be some action taken. Again, I think the original sin was McCain Feingold, which took power away from the formal political parties and gave it to no one in particular. And then, obviously, the Supreme Court then has its say, and all of a sudden, you have these private political machines, uh, you yeah. know, like Aravella, like the Koch Network, like Leonard Leo's like Leonard Leo's outfits, like George Soros's, uh, like Hans Rodriguez's, that are outside of, I mean, say what you will about political parties, they have their many faults, but at least in theory, there is some democratic accountability within the political party to lower levels of the political party uh, that a private political machine that is just some big donor and his political consultants, they're only accountable to themselves. Uh, you know, whether they win or lose, whether they pursue good policies or bad policies, they are ultimately accountable to no one. Money will be in politics as long as politics is in money. Um, and I guess Arabella and the future of the Ways and Means Committee uh, efforts to weigh legislation about this issue will test just how committed to unilateral disarmament the left is. Well, on that note, thanks again to my colleagues, Parker Thayer and Sarah Lee, for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. Music.